0: Hello, everyone. T-Bain here. Welcome to another episode of the Revival Church podcast. Um, I'm really excited about episode five. This is our very first listener-requested episode, um, and uh, that's really cool. We're, we're finally starting to get a little feedback in. I actually should have talked to this person about whether they wanted their name on the, uh, on the podcast or not. Um, but uh, for those of us that go to Revival Church... Um, it's the artist formerly known as H.A. Um, she's, uh, she's kind of new to Revival Church. She recently got married, so I guess H.A. is kind of obsolete, but shout out to H.A. She's pretty cool. Um, but she requested a sermon, um, that Brother Whitley preached last year. Um, I believe it was November 2019, called Little Ships, um, and it is uh, such a great word, um, especially for right now. Everybody is is going crazy all the time because of coronavirus and this, the different things that 2020 has brought us. Um, but this sermon is about perspective, um, and it's about making sure that you're not uh, making your problems so big that you can't notice anybody else's. Um, I don't want to over-explain it because they're— the way that he ties it up i don't i don't want to let any cats out of the bags so to speak so um but anyway um it's it's pretty awesome that we've made it to episode 5 um some things <laughs> just to get out of the way because i keep forgetting because uh because i'm new at this um i if if you're listening whatever you're listening on we're on podbean we're on uh apple Podcasts, spotify um, and we're working on on getting it as many places as we can because we want as many people to listen as possible. Um, but wherever you're listening to it, just uh, go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe, rate, review, like, comment, do whatever it is that, that any kind of uh, interaction that you can have, just go ahead and do that for us. It helps us out, um, especially when people go to look for the podcast, the more interactions that you have the the higher up the list you go so that would really help us out if you could do that um also tell your friends um let somebody know that that this thing is going on you know because i i think i think we say stuff i think we put stuff out here that that is worth listening to so um we also have a facebook page up um it's just revival church podcast on facebook and if uh you can send, you can DM us there, um, right on the wall. Do whatever. Um, we will be working on getting that more uh, more active over the the next few weeks. So um, that's underway. But uh, just go ahead and like the page, and and you'll be able to get a lot more news through that um, about the podcast and different things. Um, you can also email us at uh, revivalchurchpodcast@gmail.com at gmail um, as you can see this week, um, it's directly affecting the podcast, so um, that's pretty cool. But anyway, um, got all the boring stuff out of the way. This is going to be our first, uh, the first of our sermon series. This is going to be something that we do um, every so often just uh, just to get some good word in there. So, um, So here's Pastor Whitley with Little Ships.
1: I'm going to read some scripture to you, and it may seem long, but there will be no more scripture reading after I finish this. Okay? I'm going to read uh, one little passage, and then you'll be seated, and then I'm going to finish out. But I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 4. And again, the every inclination in me says, save it, save it, save it. But I'm not going to save it. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it on you this morning. It says, In the same day, When the even was come, he said to them, this is Jesus. He said, let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And notice the next phrase here. It says, and there were also with him. There were also with him. I'd never really paid much attention to that, and I'm sure I'm way behind the curve. Everybody else has paid attention to that, I'm sure, but I've never noticed that these other ships were with him, not them. There were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves be on the ship so that it was now full. Now, there was other ships, and they were what seems to be insinuated here that Jesus and this Twelve disciples and whoever else was there was in a larger boat. Now understand the word ship is used in in the New Testament pretty much exclusively. You don't see the word boat, but these this was the Sea of Galilee. This was not a huge body of water. It's roughly the, the width of Greer's Ferry Lake. It wasn't you didn't it wasn't a great galleon with huge mast like you think of when you think of a ship. But the, they used the word ship for little skiffs or for great seagoing vessels but this was a freshwater lake and this was not a huge boat but the boat that they were in obviously there were 13 of them in it at least and i know you're still standing but they were in that and said there were with them other little ships and so there were ships that are not as big as the one they are in and there arose a great storm and said it filled so that it was full the bigger ship was full so imagine the shape of the smaller ships And he was in the hinder part of the ship, sleep on a pillow. And they awake him and saying to him, Master, you don't care. You don't care. That's our first impulse, isn't it? You know, if he cared, it wouldn't be this way. Master, you don't care. That's really what they're saying. When they say, don't you care, they're really saying, you don't care. Just reverse those two words from don't you to you don't. And that's really what they're saying. You don't care. And he arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceeding and said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. <clears throat> Amen. Be seated today if you would. In verse 39, he He did his obligatory miracle. I hate to put it that way. After they insulted him, and they did, they found him asleep, and they said, you don't care. That's really what they're saying. They're suggesting that you don't care. So he got up, and he rebuked the wind, and that's what we preach about. And we hear hear the other preachers preach about, you know, all you got to do is wake him up. He's in your boat. You ever heard that? Raise your hand. And all he'll do is magic for you. And maybe he will. hope he does. But he arose and rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace be still, the wind ceased. There was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why have you no faith? After he did his little obligatory miracle, it calmed the wind. It's not a little miracle. It's a huge miracle. But he calmed the wind and the storm, those little wooden boats. Then he addressed the real problem. The real problem wasn't the storm. The real problem was what they said to him in the middle of the storm. What they said to him in the middle of the storm is you don't care or don't you care. That was the real problem. He calmed that storm down enough to sit down with them and say, listen, guys, why are you this way? Why are you so fearful and you don't have any faith? And then what did they do? They got more fearful. They got exceedingly fearful, it says, and said one to another, what manner of man is this? The real problem uh, was their attitude and what was said to him in the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm, you'll say things that, and you'll think things even if you don't say them. Am I right? And that's your real problem. Storms come and storms go, but saying things and allowing things to, and sometimes you say things that you don't say with your lips, you say them with your actions. Am I right? And those are the real problems. Those are the things that really tick him off, you know? And so he straightened them out and then they got more afraid. And then the next verse is is the first verse of John of Mark chapter five. Please stay with me. This is so important. They came over to the other side of the sea, the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, that same ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man that was an unclean spirit and had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because. That he had been often bound to fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying, cutting himself with stones. But he saw Jesus afar off and ran and worshipped him. Amen. Um but before we got to the other side of that sea, when they were in the storm, and, that, and they call it a sea. It's a freshwater lake is what it is. Um, but it's um, in that storm that they were in the midst of where they were literally afraid for their lives. Um, Jesus calmed that that waves and stuff. And the scripture says that there were with him other little ships. So I want to talk for just a minute or two about the little ships. The little ships. Who was in the little ships? Jesus and his disciples were in the... Larger boat. Well, who were in the skiffs? Who were in the little two-man rowboats? Who was that out there battling that same storm? Without an army of manpower and without a large wooden boat that were just, the skiffs of scripture says they were with him. So those other little ships were with him. Not with them, not with the, the armada, but they were with him. So who were these people in the little ships? Who were these people that were rowing with all their heart that didn't have the resources and the means and the safety and the security of a larger boat? We never thought about them. We think just like they thought. Why don't you care about me? Why don't you care about me? Why don't you, take, why don't you fix what's wrong with me and why don't you take care of me? And nobody, none of them ever looked uh, over the bow of that boat and saw the little ships that were struggling against the same storm. The little ships. And who were these people? They were with him. They were with him. We don't know their names, but we know who they were, at least some of them. Because Matthew records the same storm, the same events as they were on the, the seashore before they got in the boat and went over. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 18, now when Jesus saw a great multitude, just, just like he said over there in the book of Mark, which we read about him, he gave commandment to depart to the other side. And verse 19 said, and a certain scribe came to him and said, Master, I'll follow you wherever you go. This was a man who's committed to following. And Jesus gives him this disclaimer. He said, well, listen, the foxes have holes. The birds have their nests. The son of man hath not where to lay his head. But this was a man who said, I will follow. This was a scholar. This was a man who broke from the mold because by and large, the scribes were antithetical towards Jesus. By and large, the scribes were against him, but this was a certain scribe, a scribe that wasn't like the other scribes, a scribe that wasn't all about his position or all about the robes that he wore. He said, I'm going to follow him, and I'm with him. There was a scribe out there in a boat somewhere paddling for all he had in a little boat. Jesus gave him the disclaimer That, man, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm not going to a big fancy house somewhere. I don't even have a place to lay my head. But apparently the scribe says, I'm with you. I am with him. And it says, and another of his disciples, apparently not one of the 12, but one of the distant followers or more distant followers said, Lord, allow me or suffer me to go and bury my father. My father is either sick and about to die Or maybe he's just died and I need to go to his funeral. And I've heard it said perhaps that this was a man that wasn't willing to part with his inheritance. And he said maybe he was saying, maybe he was saying, you know, just let me stay around here to get my inheritance and then I'll follow you. And I don't know. I'm not qualified, neither of you, to say what this man meant when he said, let me bury my father. But in any case, it's not an unreasonable request. At the, at, at, the, at the worst, he was saying, Lord, the, 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 everything that I stand to inherit, everything that belongs to my family that was destined to belong to me is about to pass away. So at the very worst, this was a man who was, going, who was saying goodbye to his family's fortune. And most likely, he was foregoing the death of, of his father. But Jesus said in verse 22 Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. So, in another boat was a man who was rowing away from everything that he had coming. In another little boat, it was bobbing up and down in the waves, was a man who said, I'm with him. I'm going to follow him. I'll, walk, I'll, I'll sail away from fortunes. I'll sail away from even my own family. And there's people. there are people sitting here today that when you signed on with him, you signed away from you, even your family. And when he was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And beheld, though there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, and he was asleep. And his disciples said to him, The Lord awake, save us, we perish. Same story, but it gives a couple other faces, not names, of people that were in the little boats. He had been teaching the multitude, and he had been teaching in parables. We'll find that over in the book, book of Mark as we read that. He had been teaching in parables, and he had been doing some miracles. And there were some people who said, I'm going to follow him. And Jesus said, wait a minute. I don't want you to think that I'm leading you into some great palace somewhere. I don't even have a place to lay in my head, but there's a scribe that's following him. There's a man who says, I've got to bury my father. But Jesus said, come on, follow me. And so he jumps in his boat, and he bobs up and down in the waves. And in Luke, he covers the same story as well. We've read Mark. We've read Matthew. Luke covers the same story in ninth chapter. And you think I'm going to go long. I'm not. My reading is basically my message. And this is my last reading. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. This was most likely the scribe that we talked about in the book of Matthew. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds have nests, son of man hath not where to lay his head. Sound familiar? He said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to first go and bury my father. Same situation, same man. But Luke mentions another man. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. And preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but first let me go bid farewell to which are at my home, at my house. Jesus said to him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looks back, spit. (laughs) So, these are three people, three, the, the faces of three people. One was a scribe, one was a scholar who had forsaken everything that he was trained to do. And he was following a barefooted Galilean across the Sea of Galilee who didn't even have a place to lay his head. And he's fighting the same waves. And another is a man whose father is sick or his father is dying or at the very least is walking away from everything that he has coming and he is bobbing up and down in the same storm and it wasn't any less severe for them than it was for those disciples. And then there was another man who just wanted to go and say goodbye. He was just about to put his hand to the plow and Jesus said, don't put your hand there, buddy, unless you're willing to go through with it. And the next thing you know, his hands were wrapping around those oars, and he was beginning to go across that sea, and that storm came on all of them. It wasn't just those disciples. It was names. It wasn't Peter, James, and John, but it was names that we had never heard and will never hear. But they had little skiffs and little rafts in that current. And it's time for us to look over the side of the boat every once in a while and say, Lord, don't you care? You don't care about me. And, And look out there and there's people in little boats that don't have near the support that you have that are fighting the same battles, that are going through the same things. And every once in a while, we need to look over the side of our big boat and see the little boats and begin to reach out to them. There's a scribe. There's a man with an aging, sick, perhaps dead father. There's some that that just wants to say goodbye to their family. Scribes who are tired of looking at black ink on white paper and they want to know the truth. People who are in transition in life are seeing old ones pass away and looking for what's ahead there are people in transition in life and then there are everyday people whose families don't understand what they're doing and they don't even ever get to explain it they just have to sail on this is good preaching they just have to sail on there's scribes and there's caretakers and there's lonely sailors And the apostle told you and me, and we should listen, that there ain't nothing happened to you. I don't care who you are. There ain't nothing happened to you but stuff that's common to men. You hadn't been singled out. You hadn't been targeted. Stuff that happens to us happens to people all over the world, only their ships aren't as big as ours. There's nothing happened to you. There's nothing happened to me that's any different that is common to man. Paul says that they are common also in our brethren who we were in the world. There are so many in the same storm following the same Messiah whose boats just aren't as big as ours and don't have as many friends around and they don't have a Savior in their ship. Every once in a while we need to turn our vision away instead of saying, God, don't you care about me? And you need to turn that on yourself and say, don't I care about the little ships around me? Don't I care about that one who's struggling that don't have the family that I've got, don't have the church that I've got? There are little ships that are with him, that are trying to find him, that are searching for him. There are scribes and scholars and caretakers and housewives and single mothers that don't have the boat that you've got. It's time for us to reach out. Instead of screaming, you don't care about me, let's care a little bit more about those who don't have it as well as we do. Oh, give little faith, he said. How about a little concern this morning for the little ships? And you can't possibly have concern for the little ships until you gain, until I gain thankfulness for the ship I'm in. There's nothing happening to me that, that doesn't happen to everybody every day, but I'm in a different ship. I'm in a big ship. There's a Savior in it. Be mindful. And I just felt I did not know this service was going to take the path that it took. And I didn't hurry through this. I was going to tell Brother Billy before church, get those kids in there and get them out of there because this is going to be short. Be thankful for the ship that you are in. And when you get thankful for the ship you're in, you're then able to look out and see people who are fighting the same battles without near the ammunition you have. Somewhere, be mindful that the ship you're in is more of a ship than just about anybody on earth has. You are better equipped to go through what you're going through than just about anybody in the world. You live in the United States of America. You belong to a great church. Many of you have great families. You are more equipped to go through this than just about anybody on earth. Quit whining about the problems and look over the boat. Hallelujah. And if you'll look forward... They're going across the sea to a man that has no ship at all, who is all alone, who lives among dead things and punishes himself and screams and cuts himself every day for his failings. You need to think about that man as well. But it comes when we begin to recognize what kind of boat we're actually in. This boat is not perfect This boat may be smaller than we'd like it to be, and it may seem like the Lord's asleep in it most of the time, but he's in it. And we're better off than anybody in the world. So look for the scholar and look for that person in transition and look for that one who had to sail away from everybody that he knew. And he's just trying to catch up with the Lord. He just wants to be with him. We don't have to get online and argue with the atheists. Forget that. Get on somebody who's trying to track Jesus down and let's pull them into the boat where Jesus is. Some people, who, do you know how much guts it takes to walk into a strange church and shake strange, shake strange hands? You know how much guts that takes instead of, instead of just passing by them so we can get to our fishing buddy? Why don't we go and talk to them, pull them in the boat because they're trying to fight the same battles in a ship that's not nearly what you have. Stand with me right now, if you would.
0: Amen. What a great sermon to start our first sermon series on the Revival Church podcast. It's so easy for those of us that have the Lord in our boat, so to speak, to forget just how great of an advantage that is. Um, So this week, mind the little ships. Um, I know that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, this message was for me just as much as anybody else and uh, I need to be more cognizant of everyone around me and um, anyway I hope that uh, I hope that you enjoyed this week Um, we'll see you in another couple weeks and until then may the Lord bless and keep you may he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace see you later